0: Welcome to East Hills Alliance Church. We are everyday
1: people following Jesus every day. Uh, We want to share with you about the great things that God is doing in Bosnia and that we got to be uh, a part of. So as we uh, get set up to do that, uh, check out this video. They'll give you a little primer on our trip. Kind of looked like I was having no fun in that video, but I promise I had a good time. Uh, uh, so, uh, thank you for sending Fence Inspecting Team 2023, it was great to be able to do that. Uh, as Jesse mentioned, that's not why we went on this trip, so uh, Jesse, let's start with you, why did we go?
0: Yeah, uh, is this mic on? Check, check. Check, check, check. check. This is wireless on. Hmm. Check, 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 check. Um, maybe I'll use that one.
1: Check, Chick. Hey.
0: Um, yeah, I, one of our uh, values as we partner with these international workers is a value of being present with them in their lives. And so uh, that's important that we understand what their lives are like and what the work they do is. And that helps us to better support them and better pray for them. And so one of the ways that we... Are present with them is by sending short-term teams to actually go visit them and be there and see what they do and be part of it and then also inviting them to come here whenever possible and hear from them and so those are some of our values um, as you saw we were able to uh, do these workshops and a picnic for youth and visit people in their homes um, we were also able to be part of ministry of three different churches and at some point during the trip it kind of struck me that uh, our presence being there and putting on these workshops actually created more opportunities for our international workers to build more bridges and more relationships with the people that they work with and so we were able to i think uh, kind of boost the work that they're already doing by creating these opportunities uh, in these seminars and then uh, one of the workers one of our partners Uh, shared with me one day he he kind of um, went out of his way to make sure and tell me that uh, he really appreciated us coming and he was complimenting the team on the quality of work that they did and he I kind of asked him you know do do we uh, like how is it for us coming do we just create more work for you or is it encouraging and he said oh no you're the wind in our sails And so I wanted to make sure and share that with you guys Mm -hmm. because that compliment extends to you as well because Mm -hmm. you sent us. And it really does take senders and goers. And so um, even as we continue to share, it's not what we did, but it's what we did because you, Mm -hmm. you guys prayed for us and you support us financially. And you made it possible for us to go. And uh, we're sort of going to partner with our, our partners, but um, on behalf of all of you. Mm-hmm. And so um, so thank you for sending us. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's part of it. Your support, your prayers for them is also the wind in their sails. So I wanted to make sure you guys mm-hmm. heard that.
1: And, and your fundraising uh, did not just help us go, but then there was money uh, to invest in the ministry that's uh, happening at those different churches and the ministries we were part of and um, uh, so all of that uh, adds up to, to be a blessing to them. Uh, one of the blessings to me of this week uh, was getting to do it with these people. This is a fantastic group of people to travel the world with. Um, and if they weren't, I would make something up. But they really are a fantastic group of people to travel the world with. Um, and uh, so it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, we got to be um, uh, a blessing in, in, I think, some really meaningful and significant ways, more so than I understood. Uh, we've been partnered with Bosnia for uh, Bosnia Herzegovina for f- then the team there for 15 years. Uh, I've been a part of the church for most of that, and I did not realize until I'm hearing things like that from them about wind in their sails how much it matters to them. Um, how much of a blessing we could be to the people of Bosnia simply by showing up in their home um, because that is such a, a gift to them to receive somebody. Um, so all of those things are because uh, you you sent, supported, prayed for, uh, all those things. So thank you very much. Uh, would uh, love to hear from this team. We got just a couple of questions to help us share about the, the week and a half that was. Um, so first I'd love to just get uh, your guys' overall impressions of uh, Bosnia Herzegovina. What what impressions do you have? Do we have two mics or one? Yeah, I think we got two. Do we have two? Well then Robert you get to go first. Well let me ask. Exactly. Oh he's got to turn his mic on then. Okay. Da. <laughs> da. <Duh. laughs> maybe
2: maybe we just Maybe have one. we'll just take a second to start, start
1: talking. Steal one from the worship team or something. I don't
2: uh, my first few impressions were, man, this looks really like home. Um, it's <laughs> so it's, much it's, like it's, here. It kind of uh, messes with your mind a little bit. As soon as you land, you're looking around at all these trees, and you're like, okay, where's the nearest volcano, though? Um, <laughs> but there is none. And um, it's just the scenery over there is just so beautiful. Uh, it was very hot when we were over there. Uh, but all in all, just Bosnia and Herzegovina is just an amazing place to go and I just really appreciate you all just uh, benefiting us to go there
3: yeah. yeah my initial or overall impression was just how beautiful the countryside was um, the the trees and the the hilly landscape and then also the houses were just absolutely beautiful it was interesting though because you would have um, you would have these beautiful structures and then next to it you would have um, a house that's been uh, devastated or a structure that's been devastated by the war that happened 30 years ago. So that was um, a very interesting dichotomy. And then I won't dare to speak for an entire people group, but the people that I met overall, uh, my impression that they are just very um, hospitable and very friendly and just very invested in each other and, and one another's lives. And they were very invested in us and that was... It's just such a beautiful thing to experience.
4: Good morning. morning. My overall impression of Bosnia, the the terrain and the geography was super, super beautiful, as everyone was pointing out. And the architecture was super pretty. Um, Village to capital, it, it varied the... I, I really did prefer the village. It was super hilly and no one weeds and no one goes in and gets rid of the wildflowers, and nobody messes with the land. And that was, it really spoke to me and that was nice. Um, culturally, it really struck me how, individually, I don't think these people recognize how Christ-like they already are and how they interact with each other and how they receive us and how they receive each other. And just all these aspects where I'm like, I don't, the, I don't think they recognize how Christ-like they already are and they have no idea how much spirit is already moving in in, in and amongst them, and they don't recognize it. And I'm like, you're so close! And in that way, being like, (laughs) the spirit is so present here individually in these people. And if it were something that they recognized, these people would just be so, so wonderful together. And the the way that they received us was very striking to me, that that was just so, so Christ-like in their reception of us. Um, Culture shock. They don't let you be barefoot, and that goes against everything. (laughs) because <laughs> I'm big on barefoot they also don't let you walk around outside they don't let you like sit bare on the ground and that's a big deal for me but it was, got over it
5: <laughs> I honestly don't have a ton to add like I mean looking at my notes and it just says Bosnia is beautiful um, the people, the camp the um, the landscape the history there's beauty mixed in with all the pain and I think that was one of my biggest overall takeaways Is just yeah, there's a lot of pain. I and mean, when you hear people's stories, they're laced with pain. Um, but there's also this beautiful thread woven through it. Um, and I think that's my biggest overall takeaway.
1: Pass that down now. For me, uh, kind of like Gwen was saying, um, the God is doing great things in Bosnia-Herzegovina. The people just don't know it yet. Um, but he really is. Uh, it was interesting to... Uh, talk to the, our, our partners there and, and other pastors that we got to speak with um, and hear a lot of the same things that, in a different context, um, that we talk about in Christian ministry and church world stuff here, uh, to talk about division and how do we overcome it, to uh, talk about people who um, believe they're right with God Because they do one or two church things a year, and they don't understand that there's a relationship there to be had. Uh, That uh, many people know that religion is a thing that they need to get figured out before they die, so they're going to wait sixty years and then they'll figure it out. Um, To hear about the generational gap, Um, we we hear about generational gaps here are really big for some reason in the states on generations. Uh, There. The gap between the people who are in their 50s and 60s um, who lived through the war in the mid-90s, who were soldiers in it, um, and their kids uh, who have not only no memory of the war but have grown up um, far more influenced by uh, YouTube and American influencers than by the culture around them. Uh, there's such a gap. And so I, I heard over and over from pastors going, I just don't know how to talk to the next generation. So I just need to hand this off to somebody uh, who does. Um, and certainly a big prayer point for me uh, is those pastors who are, are feeling burnt out and, um, and like they don't know how to do this. Uh, and yet um, they talk about all of the amazing things they're doing. And I'm like, you're, you're doing it. <laughs> and people are being loved and welcomed in. Um, and so... Uh, there is um, there there are some great things uh, going on, great things that God is doing, um, and uh, and those great things and the challenges are not as different from what we're going through as I expected. Do you have anything to add, Jesse? I
0: was just gonna say same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. All right, let's Actually, do this. I, I will oh, say sorry, a yeah.
0: A little thing about the um, just the effects of the war and how I'm yeah. just always. Uh, struck by that, and Josh was preaching at uh, the first church we went to, and uh, stop me if I'm stealing your thing. No, go for it. Um, but he was talking about different darknesses that we face, and so he, he listed a few that we face here in Kelsey Longview, and he said, what kind of darknesses do you guys face? And one of the first things they said was, consequences of war. And I think that answer was expected by yeah. us. It wasn't surprising, but it's still just... But it has through.
1: been 30 years.
0: <laughs> but I still just felt like a weight just like, like mm. oh,
1: Okay, I don't know how to relate to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I don't know how you felt. Yeah. Teaching, but. <laughs> no, I, well, and, and the, um, what we then watched, because that was our, we'd been in Bosnia for about 36 hours at that point, and what we then watched through the week uh, is the war is part of their daily conversation. Like, we're doing home visits, and they're just talking about it. Like, you could just tell it's something they talk about every day. Um, uh, we sat with a woman who is talking to us about um, how. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the house that she currently lives in or houses around her, but she's like, yeah, these all got bombed out during the war. It did. My mom got a bomb, dropped on her. She was 93. Like, it was just part of conversation, it's like, oh. um, that, uh, uh That defines, I'm too young for Vietnam, so I don't know if there's parallels there or not. That defines that generation. Uh, in, in a way that uh, is, is um, amazing to me. Uh, and, uh, and they are still facing all the consequences uh, of that. Uh, flip that a, a little bit, I suppose. Um, uh, Jesse, you listed a bunch of things that we did. We'll start with you. What was your favorite thing that we did?
0: Uh, yeah, I think my favorite thing was that when we visited the church in Zenitsa Uh, they actually took time to just pray for us as a team and share scriptures Mm -hmm. with us and and speak words over us. And um, it felt, we did a lot of things, so it's hard to pick a favorite, but that is the thing that I'm going to take away. And it's kind of strange because it's the thing that I felt most blessed by. I didn't feel like Mm -hmm. we were as much of a blessing as just receiving a blessing. Um, But I'm going to think for a long time about the things that they shared with me. It was really impacted me and encouraged me and built me up. And I feel some connection to that church too and those people, which I think um, is kind of neat and beneficial for us as a body that they just really um, showed us the love of Christ through that.
3: Yeah, that uh, that moment in Zanita was just, it was beyond incredible. You could tell that they were, when they were praying and worshipping, they were definitely in the spirit. Um, that was amazing. Uh, my was, what was the question? Like, favorite thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, my favorite thing was probably when we um, had our picnic. So we had our American picnic. And it was just amazing that we had our workshops before then. And so we got to know these kids and then it all culminated into um, us having this picnic. So it was just great to play games with them and to share a meal with them. And one of the teenagers um felt like partic- particularly connected to me she looks at me and she's go- she's like you and i were very similar because she is like a self-proclaimed introvert so she says that we are the same but it, w- it was really cool because like a couple hours into the picnic i'm like i need to go on a walk by myself to decompress and she goes i'm gonna go with you and i'm like all right, <laughs> definitely um
1: she needed it too. Yeah.
3: She did. And um, she is one of, I think, the only youth that is following Jesus. So we had a conversation about the Bible and about Jesus. Her favorite book is Revelation. So I think that's pretty cool. But um, she just said it was so good to be with me and to like be out in nature and to be able to talk about Jesus. And so I would have never thought that I would be able to make that connection without mm-hmm. this trip. So that was...
1: It was really,
2: really good. Yeah. I think uh, I have two things. Um, of course you I've, do. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's, just, it's just to recap, but I'll give you something new also. Just like uh, being able to worship in a, in a whole different language mm-hmm. and just being able to sing the same song. And they're singing a totally different language, but you know it's for the same God. Yeah. And just that, it's just, that's crazy to me. You know, I've never experienced something like that. Mm-hmm. And then we would we would find ourselves in the... Like in an evening, and would, uh, Jesse would be on guitar, and we'd all just break into song, and mm-hmm. we'd just be worshiping all together. Mm-hmm. And that, that was kind of like just to kind of re-up on you guys, but um, one of my like fleshly personal things, was, you gotta go see a castle. <laughs> and um, that oh, yeah. is like my dream come true. It was a Bobovac castle, yeah. mm-hmm. is that right? And it was like Bob- the Bobovats. Bobovats. Built in 14.
1: 14- oh, uh, before that destroyed in
2: 1400 Detor- yeah but it was beautiful there we got a hike up to the ruins of it and got a hear from one of our um uh, ministries over there he was just basically describing uh, of all the legends we told about this <laughs> castle and kind of made me feel like it was a national treasure but that was probably one of my favorites awesome
4: I thought we would all have the same answer, so I prepared a second answer, but no one said it, so I'm gonna say both. Perfect. The home visits were super impactful. Um, getting to come in and have that level of authenticity with someone, and again, like just the intimacy that they extended, not knowing us. And the partners um, that we have there that we were joining, they drove us down and translating for us. And so these are relationships that they've been cultivating, some of them mm-hmm. for 10, 20 years. And they trusted us with those relationships to bring us Mm -hmm. into these homes and say, these are people that are precious to us that we're trying to minister to. Don't ruin it. (laughs) So we come in and they're just, they're serving us and they're talking to us and they're asking about us and we're asking about them. And so that, that, that nitty gritty was just Mm -hmm. super, super, super cool. Um, The other favorite part for me was just the shoulder to shoulder that happened with our partners there, um, as well as just the members on the team, the way that we got to know each other and the the one-on-ones that were able to happen where we just delved into each other was super cool. But for me, these partners are particularly laid on my heart because of my experience with long-term missions a few years ago. So coming and getting to encourage them and see how they're doing and get get real with it not just like newsletters and email replies but really asking how they're doing and being able to witness that they're doing well and they're they're joyful there's joy in their work and they're happy that we're there to partner with them and seeing how we can encourage them was my favorite part
5: um i think i have lots of favorite parts and i'm happy to talk more about it but the one i'm going to share about is actually from our time at Bobovats, but it's not seeing a castle that was so cool for me um, it was that after he's telling us all the story of the castle and um, the invasion and, and the early church in Bosnia, um, he just has us take some time to pray. Um, pray over Bosnia, pray over the people. Um, and he just kept saying, what, what do you see while you're praying? And I'm super, I don't know, goofy about it, but um, if you've been following the blog, you probably saw a post that was what I saw in Bobovats. But um, for me... Um, it was this image of fences and walls crumbling um, and we'd just seen the crumbling walls of the the castle in Bobovats. Bats but um, just that that calls to a future of hope um, for these people and so I think that was probably one of the most lasting favorite memories from the trip for me.
1: Uh, it was sort of mentioned you got to see some of it and again if you're following the blog you got to hear or got to read uh, Gwen's report of it. But uh, after the picnic, which um, was uh, just a blast, the the teenagers we got to interact with are so much fun. Um, And uh, afterwards, uh, they all went home and uh, a bunch of us, uh, the team and a couple of uh, our partners and then some folks from uh, the Zenitza church there, uh, just sat around, and somebody went and got Jesse a guitar, and we worshipped the same song in two languages at the same time. Uh, it was super fantastic, um, and and that uh, that process, um, uh, doing that throughout the week, uh, was was great. Getting to, to worship in in the two languages. Um, a quick funny story. One of the things that um, was interesting about the churches that we were at, to me was they were they did a couple of original songs, like bo- songs were written in Bosnian, but most of the songs they were doing were uh, songs that you would likely recognize, you've been around church for the last couple of decades, I'm sure you'd recognize them, uh, only translated into Bosnian. And so uh, we had the choice then to either read the words on the screen um, and and sing what I assume were the words to the song, I, I have no idea, or we could sing them sort of under our breath in English, which is mostly what I uh, chose to do one of the songs that they did though um, was they uh, took john denver, john denver 's country roads and tra- they did, made it a worship song like totally wrote new words to that tune <laughs> completely new words to that tune so we 're doing a couple of songs and i 'm kind of singing them in English, and then we get to that one and i 'm like i can 't sing this one in english in the this is this is too that's too too weird anyway uh, it, it was uh, it was so fun to get to, uh, to worship with them, um, as others have shared, to see the way the Spirit is moving in the churches there. Um, people who feel like they are running up against the darkness every day um, because their neighbors and their loved ones, their parents, their spouses, their children um, are not uh, coming to Jesus and have no interest in it. Um, And, uh, and yet when they get together, they are such an encouragement to each other and encouragement to us. Uh, It was a, it was a beautiful thing to get a part, get to be a part of. So uh, what was everybody's biggest takeaway then from, from this trip?
0: Um, I think my biggest takeaway, Josh touched on this earlier, but it's just that it is a place where there is a lot of faith, a lot of, well, a lot of religion. Um, maybe you've heard or you understand that uh, there are three people groups that kind of all live there together. And your nationality is your religion there. They're yeah. like one and the same. So if, if you're from Croatia, you're Catholic. And if you're from Serbia, you're Orthodox Christian. And if you're from Bosnia, you're Muslim and so there's a lot of faith like or a lot of religion like everybody has a religion but it's all very much just tradition Mm -hmm. and so kind of even like gwen was saying i mean god is it's like a lot of people um seeking god Mm -hmm. whether they practice their religion or not Um, like they it feels like it's a place where a lot of people hear god's voice but don't know god's voice and so i think um that was a big takeaway for me just realizing like yeah there there's a lot of seeking God or, or um, God's like kind of there, but um, a lot of people don't really know Jesus like Jesus invites us to.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: My biggest takeaway has to do with prayer. Um, before, I'll just be honest, I my prayer life is not always the best. And before this trip, I was praying a lot about everything and then on this trip i just was also praying a lot about everything and um the bible says to pray without ceasing and i never really knew what that meant or understood what that looked like until this trip i don't Mm. know what it was but something about this trip just made me feel the uh, necessity to pray all the time and then also um, again being honest i sometimes didn't feel so well throughout the trip just feeling a little sick and whenever i said that or even started um started to say that uh one of our church partners or all of them would immediately rush over to me they'd put their hand um on my head and just start mm-hmm. praying for me mm-hmm. it was like it wasn't a we're going to pray for you later it's like we're going to do this right now <laughs> and so i i just love that yeah. that energy and that willingness to it's like we we pray now and we pray all the time and i yeah i just i love to witness that i feel like that was a learning experience for me and then also just very beneficial for my spirit.
2: I think uh, my biggest takeaway <clears throat> would probably be it's, it's short but it's impactful to me. It's just, how, it's just that reminder that God, how far his hand reaches. Mm-hmm. You Because know, you, you live your life in just such a small community and you see a small impact and then you go all the way across the world and you realize that that small impact is a lot bigger than you think. And that just God is just all over, Mm -hmm. and just having that realization and comfort for that was probably my biggest takeaway. And just like the the difference between hospitality, between um, how I live my daily life and my uh, kind of how I build up my walls, uh, not letting people in and uh, inviting them for coffee, but over there it's just if you're a stranger, they want to say hi to you. Uh, they want to give you coffee they want to give you food especially if it's savannah they want to give you a lot of food
1: <laughs> savannah. And, um savannah almost got adopted a couple of times we we brought her home but she almost there are a couple of those cute old couples who are like you can stay with us anyway
2: but our, our missionary friends um they kind of gave us a warning that um that a lot of times you can either kind of come back home and kind of hate uh, how you live and you mm-hmm. want to kind of adopt their culture entirely or hate the culture you went to and, and just really stand in firm in yours. Um, I didn't go either way, but I knew that my hospitality needs to grow a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and Because um, that's inviting. That's, that's, that's what Jesus did. And so that's, that's truly my biggest takeaway.
0: Yeah.
4: Mine was kind of one of personal conviction that I think I take my spiritual community for granted because over there it's something that they really have to mine for in a way to find each other and to really fight to have time and sometimes even for their own safety conceal their spiritual community and it's in one aspect of their life is within the church that they're working hard to build and for me, I'm like, I don't have a single aspect of my life where I don't have spiritual community. At, at my work, I have a lot of people that claim faith. And there are different levels of how outspoken they are, but we find each other. And then we're able to, to encourage each other in that way. And in my friend group, I have so many believers that are friends. And in my family, they all claim faith. And that's just something that I'm like, that impacts my life way more than I recognize to have that Mm ever-present sustainable encouragement coming from not just somewhere but everywhere and that is not the case for these people they have to really really scrounge and then it has to sustain them until the next time they can see each other and and that's something that i really am that that's a point of prayer for me is that that -hmm. would be exhausting and that's something that i think i take for granted here
5: i think my um biggest takeaway has to do with Love, uh, we went to love them well, and I think I learned that my definition of love is not big enough um, that they do that better than I do um, so we like we've heard about the hospitality and stuff, um, but tied in with that is. Uh, they remember things super, super well. Um, they were talking. Uh, so one of the IWS was telling me that you know she is allergic to nuts, and so she'll go out with friends, and they are like steering her away from things because they remember her food allergies, or they remember, oh, you had a sister who did this thing, and how's things? How are things going? And um, their memory of what they've heard in relationship is huge. Um, and then. Tied in with that is we're working with these international workers from the CMA um, but we're also working with in-country pastors and um, they have a lot on their plates and So you could tell there was a schedule and that kind of like here where we're like, okay We've got this thing and then we've got this other thing and we've got this other thing But when they would get into a conversation with somebody whether it was even one of us or um, people in country 100%, 110% of their attention is on that person. And so uh, we, we went to coffee with a couple of women and one of the in-country pastor um, family, and um, she is uh, she knows we need to be back at 9 for our debrief time. But like while we're there, she was so invested and so connected to these women that we were meeting with and a part of that conversation. And... I think it's really easy for me as I'm having a conversation with someone to be thinking about the three things ahead of me and it just felt like she wasn't doing that, but she was getting the job done and I think so that's one of my huge takeaways is how to be invested in the moment um, and still have a schedule, but how do you take care of the things where you're at.
1: And that's that's something uh, that particular couple does particularly well, but it's also uh, something just culturally, as a, as a nation and community, they do well. Prayer was mentioned a, a couple of times. Uh, what are uh, prayer points that uh, you're carrying forward, that maybe the church could carry forward? Uh, on your bulletin, you may have noticed there's uh, a few uh, listed there, so you can take uh, that home. You want to know how to pray for the people in Bosnia. There are some specific ones there uh, for the, the camp, for the center, for uh, the people. Um, but what I would love to know from you guys, what are What are some prayer things you're taking forward?
5: I have a microphone, so I'll go first. Um, uh, Josh mentioned the camp, and you saw the video of the camp. Camp has been a huge, huge, huge part of my life since I was very young. And so for me, seeing that and seeing how God is working with young people at camp was just so huge and so phenomenal. They just finished up a youth camp. They have another group of kids coming in um, this next week. Um, and th- that camp is also being used for a couple of other groups that are using it throughout the month of August. And so for me, that I think is a huge one. Um, for those lives, uh, it's really easy to experience Jesus away from your normal life. But then what do you do when you go back and there? Isn't that support like Gwen was talking about? Um, so just for people to come alongside those um, youth that are that are making changes in their lives. Um, is huge. And then I think also um, not on that list is the youth that we were working with in Barash. And um, they're just phenomenal kids who are living in an incredibly difficult place um, and and they are missing hope. And so for them um, that they would continue to connect. um, They were pretty sad that we were leaving. They wanted us to come back next month and do more workshops. Um, And just that they would be able to continue to make connections with the in-country Um, pastor and his wife that are there would um, just is one of my prayer points yeah
4: Yeah, i think the big one for me is just sustained encouragement for for everybody for the youth who are hearing these words and then i i do think that for some of them it's taking root and there's a shift in their Mm -hmm. hearts and they 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 have belief but they also have fear and it's real fear because there's real peril for for going out and being outspoken about this faith, um, so for them and then for also our partners who I, I you wouldn't you wouldn't think it and I don't think it by looking at them but I really am praying to combat discouragement because that is a hard work and mm-hmm. it can be an isolating work that they're doing, um, so just just that so they they have they have enough encouragement to continue what they're doing.
2: Yeah. I have a very specific. Uh, one for a very specific person uh, it's been laid on my heart quite a lot the whole time there. I think our in our first 36 hours is when I first met him. It was our partner 's best friend um, and he is a Muslim, and his whole kind of concept is he was born a Muslim he 's going to die a Muslim. but it's just it was so fascinating to me when we first met him, our partner invited him over for coffee and he decided to stay the entire day. <laughs> and he he met us. He cooked the, or should I say, the best meal I've ever had, chivapi. <laughs> um, it's 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 a funny story. Whenever we would go somewhere new, uh, the whole thing would be, they don't know what they're doing. This is oh, the, best the chivapi, chivapi
1: wars are real. The chivapi wars from the, War the small town real. to the big city. They're yeah, oh yeah.
2: But but this man. Um, I I was immediately connecting with him. And even when we did our picnic, he was invited for coffee yet again and stayed for the whole day throughout the whole picnic as he was just a witness to the ministry that was happening before him. And then even after when everybody left and we were all singing and we were all just in a worship worship circle, he was sitting there the entire time and he uh, kind of um, he had. Someone asked him how he was feeling in that moment when we were doing that. And he said it was the most peaceful he's been for a very long time. And that, that really lays on my heart. That's just, you know, you see God just breaking those walls. And I just want more prayer to him. God knows his name. And um, I just want prayer for that.
3: Okay, yeah. I agree with everything that's been said. And then just to add on, um, the uh, kid, she's 17, so she's older. But the teenager that I connected with during the picnic, I would just ask for um, like specific prayer for her because she is trying to follow Jesus and there's not a lot of people following Jesus, especially her age. She was telling me that the, during the picnic um, the other kids, they're, she's like they're really kind and they're, they're you know, fun enough to be around but I feel like I can't relate to them, I can't connect with them and so I can tell that she, she does feel alone but I, yeah, I just ask for prayer because she really is trying to follow Jesus and it's probably pretty hard when you're the only one your age following Jesus.
0: Yeah, I'll just add to that because she's also heavy on my heart and just the Christians, the people following Jesus in general, the church's uh, unity among the believers, that type of thing. But for her as well, uh, I was yeah, she's just heavy on my heart because it, it does seem like a lonely road for her, and yet she seems very passionate about following Jesus, and she's learning to play guitar, so she'll be worship leader one day, and I'm excited about that. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but i was just thinking you know she got to go to the camp this last mm-hmm. week and so i was just praying that the camp was uh, just a very encouraging time and that her faith you know grew deep roots and that sort of thing because um, it just seems like a lonely road ahead of her and it is for many uh, followers of jesus there and yet i'm not concerned about her because jesus does call us to hard things like she has hard things ahead of her but i think we all jesus calls us all to different sorts of hard things and so we don't need to be afraid of that because he goes with us and he gives us strength. Um, but something to be praying about for those believers in Bosnia, that they would stand firm and, and um, be given opportunities to shine the light of Christ and that they would know how, uh, what to say, what to do, that Jesus would just use them and, and that their roots would grow deep. They'd have unity and love for one another, those things.
2: And uh, I think I just have one more. Um, just specifically with the youth, um, their parents have gone through the war. Um, the, the kids are experiencing kind of second-hand PTSD, and so a lot of that um, is kind of how they operate on a daily, daily basis. I had a privilege of sitting by uh, one of the youth um, two, um, twice now and when we're doing our workshops, and you could tell he was really struggling with a lot of just being able to connect, and his his father having those PTSDs from like mm-hmm. the war, um, just kind of pray over um, protection, um, and that God is just on their hearts softening. Um, that's another big thing that yeah. I noticed.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, um, one of the, the I, I know Savannah got to talk to one of the girls um, who was expressing that she's an, an atheist and. Um, and just doesn't believe that there can be a God. And, and when, when you're dealing with the fallout of a war that was a religious war, like what they know, if, if they were born in the last 30 years, what they know about religions is that religious people kill each other. Like that's what they know. And then we come in and say, hi, we want to talk to you about Jesus. And like, no, no, I've seen that cross. I know what that means. That means you want to take over my people. That means you want to kill my family. Who? That is a major wall uh, for uh, the uh, ministry folks there to keep running into. Um, Add to that the walls of, no, no, I'm good because I have faith. I am this, therefore I am Roman Catholic. I am this, therefore I am Eastern Orthodox. I am this, therefore I am Muslim. Um, uh, The friend and neighbor that Robert was talking about who our partner, Uh, Was telling us that they've had long conversations and this guy has even told him I believe everything you're telling me about Jesus I believe all of it, but I was born a Muslim and I will die Muslim those walls that people keep running into uh, I I would love for us to be in prayer that those um, uh, those walls would fall um, that those last, it's like they get all the way to a, near a finish line, or not a finish line, but like a, an inflection point, and then a wall just is, they can't get through that point, point. Um, and I really believe God can break through uh, those, those walls, um, and I'm going to have uh, Wendy read something in just a second here. Uh, she was mentioning her, uh, her little blog that she did about uh, about walls, because um, I want to bring this home to us for just a second, because one of the things that struck me is how much, um, in, it, how different uh, Varash and Sarajevo are from where we are, and yet how similar. Uh, we stayed in a uh, small town about an hour from the big city, and the small town and the big city vibes, you absolutely know because you live through them, um, and Uh, It is also a place that is very similar. And like I said, some of the same conversations of running into these walls of division, of no, no, I'm good, of, oh, well, I do enough good things, it'll all be fine, Um, that God would break through those walls here too, that we would be praying uh, for our neighbors and our communities and um, our families, that uh, whatever it is that uh, prevents us from being able to get to the conversations we know we need to have, uh, prevents us from getting to uh, a point where, because uh, there, are, there are people in your life who are interested in spiritual things. Spirituality is a big deal in the Northwest, um, and yet people uh, have walls between them and Jesus that frankly the church has put up for them in a lot of ways. Uh, so how do we pray that God would break down the, uh, break down those, those walls. So uh, ask Wendy to read this for both places.
5: I see a fence built to keep others out. We think it provides safety, but it's covered in vines. We grew the vines to cover the holes in the fence to keep more people out, to block the holes, to hide behind. But the vines are pulling the fence apart. What was planted to protect is creating destruction. It's pulling the beams apart. We build a fence to keep things in. To protect our loved ones, we want to keep them close, to save them from the the wilds far away or close to home. We fill in behind the fence with dirt and rocks, blocking it in, using the fence to hold the property together. But the rocks crack and break free and knock apart the fence. So we build a wall and a castle and think we'll be safe here. We're protected. Nothing can knock us down now. We're protected on all sides. The wall is strong, our castle is secure. But the invading army has an inside man who lets them in and gives us up. Betrayal leaves us broken, our foundation crumbling and our loved ones carried away. I see people, broken people, trying to create safety but instead creating division by building fences and walls, by splitting up, seeing differences instead of similarities, cans instead of cans, hatred instead of love, We think we need to be apart from people. To be safe, we must fortify our position. But God is in the vine. He's in the rocks, he's in the castle. The enemy is ourselves, not others. God is peeling back the layers of protection we've built, asking us to vulnerably approach the boundaries of safety, to seek to reconcile and restore the broken. What if we could live without borders? What if we could love safely without fear of our neighbors? What if we could realize that none is worthy of God's grace, God's love, and yet still he loves us? I see a future without walls and fences, literally and figuratively, a place of perfect restoration. Come now, Lord Jesus, come now.
1: Uh, that would be our prayer for Bosnia, for, uh, for our area, what God would do in our hearts and our community. Uh, we are uh, going to uh, worship together in just a moment. So um, as we uh, clear this space, uh, would you stand? I'm going to ask Gwen to pray for, uh, for pr- pray for Bosnia.
4: Heavenly Father, we thank you for your truth and we thank you for your faithfulness that you do not forget and the people who are yours you come back for and you find them and you provide for them. We thank you that our limitations are not your limitations and our boundaries are not your boundaries that you can reach places where we cannot go and you can speak to hearts that we cannot communicate with. And that you know how to speak to those hearts because you formed them and you coded them and you know exactly what to say that will get your word through even when we do not. We pray that you would give us clarity on how we can partner with your work, what you're already doing, that we may see it and that we may encourage it and that it would reach where it needs to go. In your precious name, amen.
0: Thanks for checking out our podcast. You can learn more or connect with us online at easthills.org.